And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. And we are coming to you from Frankenstein's Monkey Farm. And today's topic is Gamera versus Virus. Or did I say that right? You did. You did. Yeah, the 1968 Gamera versus Virus, which is the fourth film in the Gamera yep. series. Volume 1. Well, the whole series. It's also the fourth film in the Volume 1 Blu-ray collection. Yes. Um, which, if you are keen on Gamera at all after you listen to this, or in general, if you know, already know who Gamera is, you can pick up this four-film collection from Mill Creek Entertainment on Blu-ray for like 10 bucks. It is super cheap, as is the second volume from Mill Creek Entertainment. Not that expensive, but Alistair, for those in our listening audience who don't know who Gamera is or what Gamera is, why don't you go ahead and explain Gamera. It's basically a giant turtle from space, but it's born in the Arctic, but it breathes fire and it's a turtle. What else can it do? Basically, it's a turtle so it can hide its arms and legs inside it, but then it shoots out fire and it can fly, like spinning around. So it's like any turtle that you'd find, only it can shoot fire and fly? Is there any other difference? Uh, yeah. Also, has blue blood. Okay, sure. I'm I'm trying to lead you towards something very specific. How is Gamera then also very, very different from turtles? Because it's big. How big? Like, way bigger than the monkey farm. Way bigger than, like, a tower, probably. Yeah, yeah. This is Godzilla size. Yeah. We decided to do a kaiju movie for this month. We were going to do something Godzilla, we were thinking. We also got the new Mothra Blu-ray and everything. And we've also been watching Gamera, so we decided that we would watch the fourth movie in this series, because that's where we are in it, and then just record about that. So hence, we're talking about Gamera versus Virus, which is spoilers, I guess, for (laughs) our final judgment in the review. From my perspective... Easily the worst of the first four movies. Yeah. It's also super, to me, it's super short. It is short for sure, but I don't think it's any shorter than the other ones. It's an hour 20, but it feels like it's 10 minutes. (laughs) I mean, it's about 10 minutes of original footage, sure. And we don't like to be negative on the show. We like to talk about stuff that we are really positive and excited about. And trust me, we will get there. There's a lot to be excited about in this movie. Yeah. But we also had some issues with it, which happened so rarely on this show that though I thought for a minute maybe we wouldn't cover it because I figured, you know, we could find something else that we are more excited about. I thought, you know, every once in a while, it's kind of nice to be a little bit more critical, you know, to point out that we aren't just two guys who like anything and everything we see, that we do have standards. 
And I mean, I liked this enough. I enjoyed it, but I do have problems and we'll get to that. But anything you want to say, I don't know, about the first three movies to kind of get listeners caught up? What happens in them very briefly, I guess, because we also didn't review the first three either. We might later. Maybe we might go back and talk about Gamera, the giant monster, perhaps. But I figure those will kind of come up throughout this review a little bit. So maybe we'll go back and review them. Maybe we won't. I don't know. It's hard to tell. But is there a through line? Is there a story that goes throughout all three movies before this? Well, it starts off with Gamera, like, attacking the city. What city? But then Tokyo? Of course. Since almost all kaiju movies are in Tokyo? I mean, at least the original ones there. You know, you had your uh, Godzilla attacking Tokyo. So, of course, Gamera comes along and has to attack Tokyo as well. Yep. Then Gamera versus Barogon. These three dudes go find this egg. Oh, yeah. Barogon comes out. Barogon, like this giant, like, ice puppy thing. It's like a lizard dog man. Yeah, that's what... On Mystery Science Theater, they say it's a puppy, like an ice puppy. Well, and that's... I'm glad you mentioned Mystery Science Theater because we didn't mention that either. Not only do we have these on Blu-ray, but we also have that amazing Mystery Science Theater box set that is all five Gamera movies that they did on Mystery Science Theater in one collection. Yeah. And it comes in a tin, and it's got, like, an embossed Gamera on the front. It's really cool. So we were watching those. Gamera vs. Virus isn't in that set. So we then turned back to the Blu-rays to watch this one. So yeah, there you go. The next one's also not on there. I think the next one is on Mystery yeah. Science Theater. Mm-hmm. The one with the knifehead dog guy. Yeah, the knifehead dog? <laughs> I don't know. It's like, it's like Barogon, just it's... A- its head is a knife. Basically. I called, I called it a Sharkogon. Sharkogon? That makes yep. sense. So then, yes, that's true. Uh, Barogon's about the guys with the egg. Gamera versus Gaios is third. And these came out in 1965, 1966, 1967, and then Gamera versus Myros, 1968. So they were just cranking these things out. Yeah. What's Gamera versus Gaios? Gamma versus Gaios. Gaios is like a pterodactyl. Yeah. Basically. He's my favorite of the first four. He or is? Not, not the first four enemies, because I guess the enemy in the first Gamma is mankind. But of these first three enemies, I think Gaios is the coolest. Just the yeah. pterodactyl look and shoots that laser, chops through Gamera's arm. <laughs> Super cool. Yeah. And we're also not spoiling anything that Viros doesn't also spoil. So, I mean, apart from the little bit of narrative stuff from Gamera versus Baragon, everything that we're going to talk about here, I imagine, is also in Gamera versus Viros. Yeah. But I like Gaios. I think Gaios is rad. Yeah. I really like that he's in this pool and he can grow. Oh, in the beginning of the movie? Yeah. And then he like grows huge and comes out of the mountain or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. There's also a character called Ichi. Mm-hmm. Then in Mystery Science Theater, they call him Ichi. I don't know why, but it's, well, it's funny. It's just funny. It's just a running gag. So then what's Ichi's defining characteristic? He loves Gamera, I guess? Mm-hmm. And in the first movie, we had... 
Kenichiro or Kenichiro? I don't remember Kenichiro. his name. Kenichiro. Ken. They called him Ken for short. What is Ken's defining characteristic? He loves turtles. So since Gamera's a giant turtle, he likes Gamera. Yeah. So Ken and Ichi are basically the same character in yeah. the first and third movies. Um, the second movie doesn't have a kid character, does it? I don't think so. I think that's the only one of the first four that skips the kid character, so that's maybe to its credit. Uh, Gamera vs. Baragon is also the longest of the first four, so I don't know. Man, I actually don't know if I've ever watched Baragon without the Mystery Science Theater. I did watch the original Gamera, and I believe I've seen Gaios without the Mystery Science Theater, but I, I'm going to have to go back. I don't remember ever watching a 100-minute Gamera movie. Uh, so maybe there's a kid in there. I don't know. Maybe I just didn't see the kid character. But Gamera versus Virus, we get new kid characters. Ken's two. gone. Ichi's gone. We get two kid characters. Yeah. Who are it's, they? I forgot the first one's name. There's Jim and... Masao. Masao. There we go. I couldn't remember it either. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. leave that pause in there because I was thinking really hard. I was like, oh, no, I don't know his name either. Masao, who's a Boy Scout. And Jim is maybe also a Boy Scout or I, his father's a military man or something. I don't know. I don't know anything about yeah, them. Yeah, I think he's a Boy Scout, just a they different both are? kind. Okay. Yeah. And they do this one prank that's like there's this submarine. Um, They switch the controls around. So if they go backwards, they go forwards. If they go mm -hmm. forwards, they go backwards. Yeah, they're pranksters. Yeah. And they're also kind of tech wizards. They understand yeah. technology really well. Yeah, so then they're doing the submarine, but then <laughs> I keep forgetting his name. Masao? Yeah, Masao fixes it. He mm -hmm. doesn't fix it. He just shows them. Yeah, yeah. They show them the prank that they played, and then Masao and Jim get to go around in the submarine. Absolutely. So they're pranksters. They're kind of our main characters this time around, but... Yeah what's going on in this movie around them. I figured we'd mention them because they're going to come up a lot, but they're just kind of our audience surrogate characters. We learn about things as they learn about them. So yeah. they're just there in service of us learning things because otherwise Gamera is too big to and like just kind of roars and doesn't go around learning things. So we need a human character to follow. Yeah, but the, we learn something before he does. Sure. Yeah. About now, the spinning bee butts. That's right. The spinning space bee butts. <laughs> they're like bee butts. Yeah. But they're in a, like a circle, like a donut of bee butts. Yeah. No, there's a no other nut. way. It's a bee nut. A bee nut. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, that's it, right? The The ship is basically a ring of five orbs connected by, like, a big metal ring. And these orbs are all painted, like, yellow and black stripes. So they're kind yeah. of bee-like. But then they have a little satellite, uh, like a satellite dish kind of a thing yeah. on the outside of each one that looks kind of like a stinger. And that was the first thing we said. This thing appears on screen and we go, is that a bunch of bee butts? <laughs> Yeah. Like, like in a ring? Like a ring of bee butts? What's yeah. going on here? And then what happens with the spaceship then in the beginning? Well, it says attention crew, but literally there's no one in there. Yeah, and that's perplexing. A lot of the movie, they're talking about the crew, and we just don't see the crew for probably yeah. half the movie. Yeah. Till like the end? 
Now, about 45 minutes into the movie, we see who we think are the crew. It turns out it's a little bit different than we think. But yeah, yeah, they they're not there. It's basically an empty ship. And then we hear orders are given. Gamera flies up and they're there to take over Earth. We didn't say that, but they're here to take over the planet. The Earth is most like their planet. Of course it is. Viros. Viros, the planet Viros. And they are also called what? Viros? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then the monster is called Viros. Everything's called Viros. We got a, a serious Son of Frankenstein thing going on, right? I mean, yeah. we're bound to end up with a ghost of Viros, a castle Viros, the city Viros, the planet Viros. The people Viros, the monster Viros. Yep. Everything Viros. So. So that's the basic setup. All right. I'm going to just kind of move us along here. Get us away from the opening. There's no point in going through this thing step by step. We basically have. I mean, we talked about the opening. We talked about the submarine stuff. But we got to rush toward the ending of this thing. Yeah. But there's a big problem. Two, I guess two or three big problems throughout the middle of the movie. Yeah. And what's what's a problem that you had with it? One of my problems is that for like 10 minutes, it was just showing things from the last movies. Yeah. Yeah. And it is. It's 10 straight minutes. The yeah. Viros, who we don't see, they go, let's read Gamera's memories so that we can yeah. learn about him. And find his weakness. And find his weakness. So then we see a clip from uh, Gamera, the giant monster, the original. Then we see... An extended fight scene from Gamera versus Baragon, and then an extended fight scene from Gamera versus Gaios. And it's easily 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Like 10 straight minutes of the movie. And I was like, oh, man, are we seriously going to get a clip show here? That's when I started regretting saying that we would do this one for the podcast. I was like, oh, no. Now we're going to get just an hour of footage from the previous movies. This is a bomber. Yeah. And I it felt like it was forever. Yeah, but fortunately, fortunately, the stuff they showed was cool, and it was yeah. cool the first time we saw it, and the first in those two movies the first time around, they didn't show much from the original. But uh, Barogan and Gaios, those fights, the stuff they show is amazing. They so, show Gaios shooting um Gamera's arm, <laughs> in, and he's just pouring blood. Yeah. yeah that's rad. So they show some good stuff there. I will give them credit. If they're going to just use clips from the first three movies, they did pick some really good clips from the second and third movie to show in that yeah. memory like scan or whatever. Yeah. And then I was like, phew, thank goodness we don't have to see any more footage from the first three movies. Yeah. But then in the middle, I think it is, or like the middle... <laughs> That's confusing. Okay, the middle of the middle in the end. What happens in the middle of the middle in the end? Basically, we see the crew. They're just like people, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, the crew of the spaceship. They they of take the ring of bebots. Masao. Yeah, they take Masao and Jim, and they kidnap them. Why do they kidnap him? Because Gamera's weakness is kids and stuff. Yep, that's his one weakness. He loves children more than anything. Friend to children. Yeah. Which is silly. And if you've never seen a Gamera movie, Gamera really is like a cheesy, goofy, cheapo, bizarre, more kid-friendly, even from the start, Godzilla. 
right? I mean, yeah. Godzilla got weird and kid-friendly later on, like quickly, actually. But Gamera was like geared towards kids right from the get-go. Yeah. They kidnapped them. But yeah, it turns out that the Viros are just people. Yeah. They're just uh, Japanese guys. Yeah. And, it, and it's not like they just cast Japanese people because Masao and Jim are like, oh, you're just Japanese. Yeah. So uh, that's weird. Uh, it's explained later, but that's weird. And not much goes on for a while. Yeah. They're just there, but then they use the prank of switching the controls. Yeah, this is where that submarine stuff pays off, right? Yeah. They start switching around. Uh, they start reversing the controls. So, like, if they say Gamera kills something, he doesn't kill them. And he's like, well, basically... Well, by this point in the movie, they're mind-controlling Gamera, right? Yeah. Because they kidnap Jim and Masao, and they're like, we're going to kill these two kids, and you love kids, and we're going to kill them unless you let us brainwash you. Yeah, so basically, they use this other tiny (laughs) bee-butt. Yeah. There's another bee-butt, and they control him. Oh, yeah, like the little bee-button that they put on the back of his neck. Yeah, bee-button, bee-butt, bee this this episode is going to have the most references to the word but of any episode that we have done today. <laughs> yep. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. So, <laughs> so they're they're mind controlling him with yeah, the B button. With the B butt button. But okay, so what happens with this mind control stuff? They tell him to do things, but like whatever they tell him to do is from Gamera the giant monster to like destroy Tokyo Tower. They switch back to Gamera the giant monster, him destroying Tokyo Tower. Yeah, and they have him destroy a dam which is from Gamera versus Baragon. Yeah. And so, yeah, okay, so this is my big problem with the movie. Okay, we had that 10 minutes where it's just showing clips from the first three movies. Yeah. That's a bit of a problem, but you know what? It was cool stuff. So whatever, we'll let it slide. But then later on, They try to play off clips from the first two movies as actual events happening in this movie. Yeah. And the problem with that is the first Gamera was black and white and they don't even colorize it or anything. Well, there's purple instead of white. Well, I mean, they sort of make it a little more blue, purplish or whatever. They tint it a little bit, but it's still clearly just black and white. Yeah. They don't do anything really to try to make it look like this movie at all. Yeah. And it's so cheap and it's so lazy in what is effectively a cheap and weirdo, you know, Godzilla knockoff series to begin with. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I adore Gamera. Gamera is one of my favorite all-time movie monsters. I think Gamera is fantastic and weird and strange. Moms too. Mo- yeah, well, and it's your mom's favorite monster. So. Yeah. Like, Gamera is great, but we had never seen this one, I guess. And that usage of the footage from the original three movies is real cheap and annoying. And it's just lazy, and I kind of want more from the movie. Fortunately, the end of the movie is really rad. Yeah, you're totally right. And I think, like, we had so much fun with the last 15 or 20 minutes of the movie that... It made sitting through that first hour where there wasn't a ton happening well worth it. I think like that. Yeah, like the build up. Yeah. And then 
basically the boss is another virus the actual thing he's fighting virus the boss which is like a squid basically it's a squid with a bird beak yeah i mean squids it, have beaks squids have little beaks yeah but then he has squid tentacles on his head yeah like if you can imagine a squid right squids often come to a point up at the top now imagine that the squid's point at the top of its head could split into like three parts and be separate tentacles and that's what it yeah. looks like but the amazing thing is that it all starts out we know that monster exists we've seen it a couple times it turns out it's the leader of the virus yeah and the thing is it's small though like it's small enough to fit in a room it's like a little bit bigger than the kids basically and it needs to get bigger to fight gamera so, so what, what does it, it do basically it doesn't even touch the guys it just puts what it, guys like the the virus people the crew members yeah it just swoops its arm across their head but it doesn't even touch their head and what happens to their heads they fall off. Yeah, it decapitates five guys with a swipe of its tentacle. It, like, telekinetically chops all their heads off. We find out that these Japanese guys were actually Japanese guys who the Viros had kidnapped and basically hollowed out and had been wearing them as suits. Yeah, but then there's more tiny Viros that go into the Viros. The, like, King Viros or whatever. King Viros. But after that, his arm becomes see-through? Yeah, when they're doing the, like, effect of him getting bigger. Yeah, they're doing some kind of, you know, blue screen kind of effect. And yeah, you can see through part of his tentacle. Sure, fair enough. That's not something they were trying to do on purpose. That was just a shortcoming of the effect. Yeah. But let's talk about, then, the final battle between Gamera and Viros, the Lord Viros, who's now all of the Viros from the ship fused together grown camera sized yeah this is the best part of the movie easily what's going on here why don't you talk about some highlights the one part i really like Mm -hmm. is when virus stabs him fully through the skin in the stomach oh that's real rough (laughs) yeah that's one of the last things that happens really uh, Viros puts his head together into a point and then, yeah, stabs Gamera in the stomach. Like, a 700-foot-wide hole in Gamera's stomach. He doesn't seem to mind, though. No. But it's really brutal. And he flies up into space, and then it looks like Viros is puking? Yeah, I was not. like, why is he barfing? <laughs> but it was some side effect of, like, the freezing effect that they were doing on Viros, because as he goes up into the upper atmosphere... Viros starts freezing. Yeah. But before he starts freezing, it looks like he's barfing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, why is he puking? <laughs> I was like, it's Gamera who got stabbed in the stomach. Not. He's the one who should be puking blood, not Viros. Yeah. <laughs> but then he gets fully freezed. Then Gamera just frozen. starts frozen. He spins around. It looks like Viros was going to pull through himself. But then he fell fully frozen into the sea. Kaboom. That was a big splash, actually. Yeah. And there's a lot more fight before that that we don't need to go step by step through. But that whole final confrontation with Viros, awesome. Yeah. And also, 
it's not that much of Viros we see. It's like immediately at the last like 20 minutes, mm-hmm. we get to see, like, we get to see Viros for like at least 25 minutes. Yeah, about 25 minutes of the movie has the Viros monster in it, which isn't yeah. what you want out of a Gamera movie. No. Not at all. So, and like Gamma versus Barogon, Gamma versus Gaius, there's way more than 25 minutes. Yeah, and if you're that. going to do a monster movie, a kaiju movie that has very little kaiju battling, or at least original kaiju battling, first of all, don't just use clips from other movies and pretend they're part of your movie. Yeah? Don't do that. Number That's... two, <laughs> you got to have a really good story underpinning your movie in order to sort of shortchange on the monsters. Yeah. You know, you want to... Like they did, some people think more effectively than others, but with the 2014 Godzilla, they tried to minimize the amount of Godzilla to make Godzilla this presence in the background of these humans' lives. Yeah. So that we understand the chaos that having this monster around causes. Yeah. So... That's the one with the uh, Mudos or Mudos or whatever they were called. Oh, Mudos. Mutos, I think. Mm, I don't don't remember, but those things. That was a good movie, actually. Yeah, I like that one a lot. But, like, that one doesn't have a ton of the giant monster action, and we focus on the characters more. But it is really about people, you know, it's about the people more so than it is about the monsters. And say what you will about the handling of the people in that movie... They at least had people worth following in that movie, whereas Gamera and Viras, we got Jim and Masao, who were just hanging out on the ship, trying to <laughs> eat apples and sandwiches and stuff. Yeah. Then they try to get <laughs> uh, a knife, but then it doesn't give them a knife. It's just apples without skin. Tricky, tricky, telepathic uh, food service. But then it doesn't give them the knife, but... With anything that will harm the ship, they don't give you. Yeah. So if you try, they say, destroy the ship, it won't do that. No, no, no. And they say, a glass of juice would be nice, but then this thing opened up, and there's juice. So basically, it's telepath. Telepathic. Yeah. Well, and that's about as exciting as the middle of the movie gets. They start getting juice and sandwiches and trying to get a knife from the machinery on the ship. That's exciting right there. I mean, yeah. oh boy. <laughs> oh, well, okay, I have a question for you. Would you recommend Gamera versus Viros? Uh, no, not that much. No. The last 20 minutes, absolutely. Absolutely. I would recommend the first three, Gamera, Gamera versus Baragon, and Gamera versus Gaios, 100%. Yeah. But like I said, the beauty of it is, you get all four movies in one Blu-ray collection, so if you decide to get that, it's really cheap, and you get all four movies, and so then you can just skip to the end of Gamma vs. Viros and watch that fight, Yeah, and I think you're fine. You could listen to this episode again, which will be about 35, 40 minutes long. Save yourself a chunk of that hour and 10 minutes where there's basically no fighting with Viros, and then just skip to the end. Yeah. So I agree. I don't know that I'd recommend it. I'm glad we watched it. I had a lot of fun watching that fight, especially. Yeah. But during all the recapping of other events, I was making coffee. I was like, okay, I've seen this. And I've seen it recently. So that's a bummer. But let's move into the segments, huh? Yep. Now it's time for Beastly Best. 
coolest monster moment. I know what you're going to say, but what is it? It's when Virus stabs like a 700-foot hole into Cameron's stomach. 100% agree. That is yep. the best moment in the movie. It's amazing, <laughs> and it's brutal. And he does yeah. it again. Like, he stabs him like a spear. Boom. Right into Gamera's stomach. Flies up in the air again. Boom. Boom. And is just stabbing him. And you think, man, Gamera's got to die from this. Now, he seems fine at the end of the movie. And the kids like, are like, yay, we love you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But that stabbing is brutal. And I, I don't even think the tentacles can stop by their self. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's an alien. So, like, the tentacles on the top of it come together and create, like, a point. Yeah, like a spear. Like a spear. Child! Exactly, yeah. That should be what happened to Gamera, but it was Just like... Just dead? Oh, I'll kill you, bleh! And then Gamera's like, oh, I'm gonna kill you, Virus. He's, then he kills Virus. That's what happens. Yeah, so he takes that like a champ and flies off at the end of the movie. Yep. Want to get spooked? Uh, there's nothing spooky in this. Are you sure? What about the eyes of those? Oh, yeah. Remembers, man. <laughs> Definitely. What's going the dark, on there? In the dark, their eyes start blinking and light up like cat's eyes in the yeah, dark kind of. almost. And yeah, they blink and they're like little lights in the darkness. So it's like the shadow silhouette of a person, but then their eyes glow yellow. Yeah, but then that's when spooky. they talk, their eyes blink. <laughs> yeah, that that's freaky. I was like, ah, oh, that's creepy. That's a and weird like, turn for this movie. There's nobody there, but then eyes pop up. Mm-hmm. And they only used that like twice, but it was creepy both times. <laughs> yeah. Dad, you got one? No, I mean, that's all I had. I just wanted to talk about that because, like, that is the spookiest thing in the movie. (laughs) Yeah, that is super creepy. Okay, now things are going to get weird because we're going to try to tackle the scream themes here. Talk about the message this movie sends. Alistair, what do you think the message is? I don't know. Let's try to figure it out together. (laughs) Let's try to figure it out together. Okay. What's the most significant thing anybody does in this movie? Pranks? Pranks? Okay. Pranks can help, but they also are bad. Yeah, pranks are bad in this movie, but they also turn out to be to the benefit of society. Yeah, that their pranks save the earth, mm-hmm. basically. Okay, okay, I think you're on to something here, because... I think we can extrapolate this a little bit further. This one is a bit of a stretch. The other Scream themes we've done are actually in the movies. This one, I don't think the movie pushes too hard or says enough about to say that it's fully something that they thought about or implemented. But I agree it's got something to do with their pranks. And I think it would be something like people might look at something you do as unimportant and not useful to anyone else in the world. But you never know when your specific skills are actually going to come in handy. Yeah. So don't give up on the things that you're passionate about. Maybe? Yeah. Or I mean, like, pranking is a weird thing to center that on, but that's what they do. Actually, I would say sometimes keep doing what you want, like, what, what you, you love do. to do. Yeah. Except the problem is pranking isn't nice to do. So that's a good message. Unless you pair it with pranks, 
which they actually tamper with a submarine, and that could have killed people. So it's a good message, irresponsibly implemented. Yeah, since sometimes bad things can save the Earth. <laughs> I mean, sure. You know, they at one point agree to sacrifice their lives for the rest of humanity, yeah. these two kids. But that, I think, is as close to a Scream theme as we can get. Yeah. Do what you love. Yeah. There you go. Don't let anybody tell you not to do the things you love, unless I would add, caveat, the things you love hurt people, which pranks can. So, again, yeah. irresponsible. Thanks, Gamera. <laughs> but I do love Gamera even still, because that yeah. final fight was great, and those first three movies are really good and fun. So... Yeah, I don't know. Anything else to add? No. Cool. Well, this is our last episode of September. And next month, Alistair, what are we looking forward to? Halloween and October. The whole of October and yeah. mostly Halloween. Absolutely. We've got a lot of stuff going on next month. Stick with us. We've got a whole bunch of episodes that we will be posting throughout the month here. If you're a patron, which you can be a patron for as little as a dollar a month, you'll have access to at least three new Patreon-exclusive episodes of things that we've produced throughout the month. Two episodes of Cinemuck, one with Alistair on it, and <laughs> yep. another episode of a show we do there that's about monster games that yep. is just Patreon-exclusive. These are all exclusives. Patreon.com slash wordsalad. But even here on our public Cadavercast channel station, I don't know, a stream, whatever, we've got a bunch of stuff coming that we're yep. really excited about. <laughs> so stay tuned all month for that. Um, on top of Patreon, you can, of course, support the show by just sharing this stuff out. You know, get our episodes out there, especially with Halloween coming up. This is the time where our listenership grows the most. So help us get the word out there. Share it out on Facebook, Twitter, wherever. We really appreciate the heck out of that. If you want to go the extra mile and be a patron, everything that we pull in from Patreon goes towards Al's College Fund. You can find us on social media on Instagram at Cadavercast. On Twitter at Cadaver underscore cast. And where are we on Facebook? At the... Cadavercast Critters and Creeps Club. Join the club, everybody. And if you want to see my Halloween costume. Yeah, we'll be posting pictures of that on, I don't know, probably Instagram and the club and everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. why not? Follow us on social media. Stay informed about what we're up to. And yeah, see Alistair's Halloween costume. <laughs> yeah. Sign us out. <laughs> Stop me from talking. <laughs> You've been listening to another episode of CadaverCast. I'm Mel Burnham. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. We love ya. 